Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for our 100th episode. Glory be to God for his faithfulness through it all. And we're just thankful that his word is going forth and will continue to do so. And we're just looking forward to many more. Yay! Yay. Yay. Great, you guys are all having a great, wonderful night. And you guys are all somewhere warm, amen? Yeah, yeah it's pretty chilly out there. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty chilly. It is pretty cold. That was funny though. I was telling Lefty right now as we're waiting for this thing to turn on. I'm like, I feel like we're getting ready for the newscast or something. Three, <laughs> two, one. Except we don't have a green screen in the back. Yeah, that's true. No, this is not a green screen, everybody. You guys already know that this is our normal our normal board over here and uh, partitions. Yeah, our partitions and everything like that. So it's not a green screen. This is legit. We're actually, we're not at home in our PJs. We're actually here <laughs> in the church in the annex group. So praise God. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight for Bible study. It is, uh, we'll be closing up the book of Daniel chapter one already. Yeah. And not only that, we're getting ready to close up early January of 2021. It's like just so, just so crazy, but thank you Lord for his faithfulness through it all. And, uh, we're just looking forward to the teaching tonight. Amen. So again, uh, I see you on there, sister Cynthia, Nancy, Karen, sister Josie, hi sister Roz, David, and, uh, see you guys over there. God bless you guys. Amen. And all you guys, yeah, everyone's here and all you guys joining us as well, watching it on the TV and uh, and everything like that. So, you know, we're looking forward to studying the word of God together and uh, just coming together as a body of Christ and trusting the Lord through it all. Amen. Amen. And Myra just got on there right there, too. So remember, there's a delay, guys. So you guys, you guys will pop up to see this afterwards. But we're here. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to open up in a word of prayer. And uh, I'll ask that you to open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night, Lord, thanking you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful day, Lord. Thank you that you brought us together, Father, and bringing us through this day, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for every heart that's being prepared to receive your word today. Lord, we thank you, Father, for you being our strength throughout the day, Lord, that we can be in this place, Father, where we meet together now and we get ready to hear your word and study your word together. Thank you, Lord, for everyone out, Father, Lord, who's gathering, Lord Jesus, and Getting ready, Lord, to see what you have to say and what you're going to do and how you're going to minister to us, Father. We are ready for it, Lord. Thank you, Father, for everyone joining us tonight, Lord, for every heart, every mind, and for your Holy Spirit that's going to do this way for us. Thank you for your word coming forth, Lord. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the healing in the body, Father, Lord, as we need it, Lord, and prayers are needed, Father. Thank you that you are the one, Father, Lord, who has the answer to every question we have, Lord, and you are the answer to prayer. We thank you, Lord, and we lift everyone up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, praise God. Well, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, you know, Friday we do have prayer, so we will be praying through the book of Isaiah chapter 3. So we encourage you to pray mm -hmm. along with us to, to read your word. And, uh, you know, to, you can start praying through it now or even, you know, throughout the week. You may not know what to read. You know, we encourage you to read the, you know, the, the things that we study in Bible study and also for, for prayer as well. Amen. So we'll be in Isaiah chapter three this Friday. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to coming all back together soon. So uh, we're definitely praying and that we'll keep you guys updated as far as uh, our prayer, our prayer coming together on Friday and our Sunday services. We're getting ready for that as well. And uh, also for our Wednesday night Bible studies. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting back to, you know, coming together and being able to all be together to do so. Amen. So we're looking forward to that. So let's continue to pray and, and uh, trust the Lord through it. 
Um, also on Sunday morning, we'll be together for uh, in the book of Haggai, which will be closing up the book of Haggai in the morning at 915 for the 915 prayer service and uh, praying through God's word. So we encourage you to also, you know, you know, join us as we close out the, um, the book of Haggai on Sunday morning at 915 as we pray through the word of God. And then for our 1045 service, uh, what's it called, our normal Sunday service. And uh, we're just looking forward to what God has planned and the word that he brings forth. And, you know, what, just to, to worship the Lord together. Amen. You know, but let me encourage you. Don't wait until Sunday to worship the Lord. Don't wait until Sunday to start praising the Lord. Start praising him now. Amen. I mean, like, yeah, we're waiting till Sunday. That's a long time coming. So, yeah. you know, so let me. Or there's something wrong. Just do yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah. Start to praise him now. Start to praise him now. Amen. Like Brother Bobby says, amen. amen. <laughs> so let's, let's start to praise him now and continue to trust him and uh, never stop praising the Lord. That's yeah. that their strength in praising him and worshiping yeah. him. Yeah. It should always be continuous, continually normal. Yeah, yeah, it should be a normal part of our lives, and and uh, you know, should mount daily, and just the thankfulness and the gratitude to the Lord. And not only that helps us to refocus and kind of come back to a place that you know, Lord, you are so good. You know, you are so good. So, Amen. So, thank you, Jesus, and uh, you know, He's just so faithful to us, and you know, faithful to this world. So, we're grateful to the Lord. Amen. Well, praise God. So we're going to be in the book of Daniel today, and we're going to be closing it up tonight in uh, verse 17 through 21. So if you'd like to turn your Bibles there, uh, we will do, we will go there now. And yes, I see on there, praise praise him continually. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a continual, continual thing that should be going on in our lives. You know, what that does, it just brings such a joy, too. You know, it's like having that song in your head, and, you know, many times we're singing about so many other things, you know, it could be so many other ways, but what greater way than to just sing about him? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. The way his spirit is within us continually, he remains in us continually, we should also praise him continually. Yeah, amen, amen, that's true. Praise God, amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. You are worthy of all praise, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's let's uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verse 17 to 21 tonight. And uh, we're going to be closing up this chapter, but hey, it's, it's also preparing us for chapter two as well. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for teaching us by your spirit, Lord. And we just humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Lord. And we submit ourselves to you, Lord, as you lead us, guide us, and direct us in the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's look at the scripture here in Daniel chapter one, verse 17 to 21. It says, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Amen. So that's our that's our main scripture for today, you know, for tonight. And we're going to be looking at a couple of things here and, and really talking about this part as we close up this chapter. 
And, you know, it's amazing, but, you know, we, we go back for the last couple of weeks through the Bible study and then, you know, a couple of months ago for the prayer. And we really see these four, you know, these four young men that, you know, it's, it says that, you know, in some studies it says they were about, you know, well, Daniel was like 17 years old when all of this took place. He was a youth. You know, they were all youths, you know, coming in and, and uh, you know, so 17 year old, man, that's a young man right there. You know, <laughs> preparing, trying to, you know, usually you're trying to, you're not even really not sure what to do yet. You know, I mean, 17, we were, you know, what, figuring things out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's different levels. Yeah. Too, yeah, too. definitely. I mean, you know, everybody's in different places at that time. But, you know, these guys were in captivity. Um, you know, they were brought to a foreign land. They were taken to a different place, um, not in the greatest of circumstances, you know, not not everything against their will. Definitely. I'm pretty sure they didn't want to be there. You know, um, but it's not like they could, you know, sit and mope and, and complain of King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, it was, yeah, that's yeah. They yeah. And then not only that, I mean, at the same time, you look at it, well, then also Daniel, you know, from what we looked at, it's possible it could have already known from the readings and from the prophets that this was going to, they were going to be there for a while. So, you know, kind of had to just get comfortable not too comfortable but you know settle in and say all right lord this is where i'm at but you're still my god my lord you know and that's actually a good way of thinking of it it's like you know not being in a place that you don't want to be in or you're not comfortable in but still being able to find comfort in the lord because he's still your god he's still our god he was still daniel's god and through all of this i mean it kind of reminds me of now today yeah that's what i was thinking about it yeah i mean because honestly it's a choice to us today that you know with you know everything that has gone on today you know many churches have gone you know online we've been online for the past you know month as well and different things like that and um you know at times not being able to come to church or you know different things like that um you know we we still have a choice to serve the lord you know to recognize and you know we can look at it one way or many can look at it one way. Well, I'm not in church, this and that. So I could just kind of do what I've always done or whatever. Or we can recognize, no, God, you're still my God through all of this. And, and you know, and even though we kind of went through so many different transitions, we've had to do certain things, but you're still my God. And I can still find comfort. I can still find rest. I can still find, you know, peace. I still have peace. I still have your strength. I still have your word. I still can praise you. You know, I can still glorify you. You're still God. You're still, you're still God and you're still my God, you know, you're still our God. And, and that's something that we have to, that's, I, I just, I'm so blessed to look at Daniel and Hananiah, Mishan, and Azariah's life that God was still their God. He didn't change. And, but again, that's a choice. That's the commitment. So they could have easily, like we, we believe we've talked about this before, but they could have easily broken the commitments and said, oh, well, it's all off now. I mean, I don't have the temple. We're not in Jerusalem. Um, you know, pretty much whatever God, whatever I may commit it. I mean, well, you made it kind of possible for me to really. So, um, you know. And this opportunity opens <laughs> up over here. So, hey, change. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. You know, but we, yeah, we there was a conviction of the heart. There was a resolution in the heart, a resolve that we saw last week that, no, Daniel's like, no, I ain't. I ain't I'm not going to allow these things in the circumstance to change my convictions or to change my commitment in my relationship with God. So no matter what happens or has happened in these in this past year, 
you know, you know, we're going on a year already since all this, you know, started to unfold, even, you know, bread here in our country. Um, that never changed the commitment or God's faithfulness or our commitment to God in that relationship. You know, so let's be encouraged to the word of God as we, we were studying Daniel that, Lord, have I fully, have I stayed committed to you? Has my heart stayed committed to you? And let us be honest with ourselves in many areas, in many ways, you know, because if we're willing to do so, then what happens is that we can see some things like, man, okay, that's, that's kind of crazy. You know, it's like, you know, what happened through that, you know? Um, but with that, we can really see where we're at in our relationship with God. So therefore we can ask him for forgiveness and get back there, you know, get back to that place, get back to that commitment, get back to that love for God, you know, just being, you know, just being thankful that he is, he is, you know, because again, no matter what's going on or the news we hear or the phone calls we get, or, you know, just the hard places to be in and in circumstances, um, <clears throat> situations that are real, but you know, we can still praise them continually as we, as, you know, um, just Rosalind put there, you know, we could still praise them continually because he, again, he is our God. And our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. And he still loves us. And he still loves us you know, and, and I love that song. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. So, you know, he is awesome in power. I mean, that's our God. So let us be encouraged as we look at this today, as we look at this study, because I believe it's very important to really see what happens when somebody decides to do this, to, to, to stay in, in that conviction, to stay in that commitment and to know who their God is. And <clears throat> honestly, I believe many will all see ourselves here because you know what, you're still standing today. You're still believing the Lord. You're still trusting the Lord. You're still waiting on the Lord. You're still serving the Lord. You're still praising God. So you know what? Let this be an example to me and you and, and all of us today. Let that be an example to us that, you know what, Lord, you know what, this is us today. This is the church. This is those that are still continuing to go forward and say, you know what, God, thank you. Thank you. You know what, for, for bringing us through. And yeah, there was some rough times and may still have some situations and stuff like that. But Lord, thank you for this word. Because this word is for all of us tonight. And we're still standing. We're holding on to it. We're waving that banner and he's still for us. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. So, and that's what we're looking at tonight. You know, we, we see King Nebuchadnezzar and, and this royal court, and what it really comes down to is they're really trying to break these men down, you know, and that's the whole point is, is to put somebody in such a place that you break them down. You break down their spirit. You break down their hope. You break down their, their sense of thinking. You break down their you know, and in every circumstance, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, if you ever, you know, I mean, many leaders and, and different things that have, you know, done so, that's what they do. They'll break somebody down. You know, you watch them, you know, those, you know, the movies where they capture somebody and they want to get information. Well, they know that they're not going to get the information. You know, so a lot of times that's where the torturing comes in. That's where all these things come in. What they're doing is they're breaking the person down so that they'll give them what they want. Yeah, they're just basically trying to get their own results that will benefit them, you know, 
And and we and it's exactly what's going on with the children with with these four young men is that they're just looking to break them down. And imagine these these men are you know they're 17 years old. I'm not sure how old the other three were, but you would think, I mean, these guys are young guys. They should be pretty easy to, you know, break down. It's not like, you or know, yeah, or to <laughs> manipulate or something. But no, obviously they were brought up. They were taught. They were, you know, they knew the word. They knew God. And and so by the age of 17, so it goes to show it doesn't matter the age. God's not looking at age. He's looking at the hearts. So it doesn't matter how long we've been in the Lord. If it's been, a, you know, a little time, a long time. Or if we're young, if we're, you know, in our, our kid, uh, in our teenager years or 20s or whatever, or, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, whatever it may be, there's, you know what, God doesn't see the age, he sees the heart. And, you know, so we're looking at these four young men, and this is what meant to be done, and not just them and all those that were brought with them, but we see that all that nobody else stood up and made these decisions. It just points out Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. It doesn't point out anybody else. Yeah. Well, it's specific, and it's the reason why they're written about mm-hmm. as something for us to learn from. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, all I can think is that, well, they went along with it, you know, and there any times there'll be a lot, there'll be a lot of people that will just go along with it. But when you know the truth and you know who your God is, you know, you just can't go along with it. It just, you know too much. You've seen, you know God too deeply now. That he doesn't allow you just to. You have a convicted. Even though I see that, but yet, I don't know. I just, I can't go that route, you know? Yeah. It's an example of all the information you have or just like an answer. And are you really going to surrender it or give it up for something new? Or you're going to hold on to what you know is true and use it for good? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and but. And that was the whole point. It was to get a result from these from these young people that they had captured, that they wanted, and they wanted their own results. So when you look back at the scripture, it says this was a period of three years that they would bring these, these um, young men in and they would teach them and train them before they even presented them to the king. Because by the time they brought them to the king, these they were supposed to already be thinking the way they do. They already met the standards. They're already mm-hmm. qualified. Yeah. Imagine this. You know, somebody, you know, you're about to meet somebody, but they say, hey, you know what? But before you meet them, I want you to have something to talk about. I want you to have something in common. So it's going to take about three years to indoctrinate them. And then therefore, when they come and hang out with you, you know, and talk with you, they're going to think the way you do. They're going to they're going to see the way you do. And they're going to be able to talk to you about all your kingdom because they've studied it all. You know, and now you guys have something basically in common in common. Ooh. So think about it this way. How many times in in our lives, in our world today, are we um, tempted in that compromise just because we're looking for that common ground? A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, many times we could say, you know, well, I've been a Christian a long time and, and, and different things like that, but this doesn't happen overnight. It could happen over years. You know, it could be a little leaven, you know, and and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're fine. But then because we're hanging around with somebody, we're talking to somebody, you know, it's like gossip, you know, or or, or talking about certain things. And, you know, you, you little 
by little, you kind of know how the person is, but over the years, as that relationship grows and we continue to allow that relationship to be, it starts to become a part of us. And then we find ourselves in a place to now where we're gossiping. And I'm just using this as an example, but what happens is it's not so much the gossiping, it's so much the common ground. And it doesn't come overnight unless you're a natural gossiper, which, you know, I believe all of us are in some way. But, you know, it's but it becomes to a different extent to where maybe we say, well, I would never say this or I would never talk about this or, you know, I would never say this about so and so or whatever. But then over the years, we find ourselves in that place. Because we've found a compromise, we found a common ground with somebody. And now for the sake of that relationship or whatever it may be, we find ourselves falling into that place. And this was so this was not done by accident. It was done intentionally. And so me and you must know that our, in our relationships in this world, there is a real devil and there is a real purpose for what we go through and the things that we face. The devil is always looking for a foothold. And we always want to blame the devil, but the reality of it is, is that when we know the Lord, it's we have a choice. We can choose to, to know his schemes through looking at through the word of God. And we can be aware of these things and recognize, wait, this is not by accident. This is on purpose. There is a whole reason and a purpose for this. So I have to be careful. I have to be sober in my judgment and I have to watch out. What have I allowed within my heart and in my mind? And what am I allowing myself? How am I speaking today that maybe I wasn't speaking like three years ago, but now I find myself in this place? You know, how many of us took from the word on Sunday? You know, what would we say or what would you say? And how many of us turn that around and encourage somebody instead of tearing somebody down or wondering, well, how come this, how come that? And all these questions instead of saying, hey, you know what? I love you, you know, your encouragement, you know, and really took that time to really examine our hearts and ourselves. Did I do that? I'm going to ask you to ask yourself that question. Did you do that? Because I have to ask myself that question. Is that, yeah, did I do that? Just bringing it forth, but is it reflecting? Am I applying it? Yeah. What did I do with it? it? Because it wasn't really about preaching. It was more or less our conversation and how we speak to people, you know, and this is where it comes down. And that's not just for you guys. It's also for us. I mean, we're, this is yeah. the, the, the fingers are pointing right at us, but for it's for all of us, you know, and to be able to encourage one another and, and you know what, and to walk with each other through it, you know, but again, we got to realize there's some things in our lives and people around us in our lives and relationships within our hearts and our lives that we need to be careful what the common ground is. See, as a Christian, our common ground is the foundation of Jesus Christ. It should be. But even in our Christian relationships to those people that, that we know, you have to really ask yourself, is this really my common ground? Do we go to the Lord first? Is it all about the Lord? Or is it something else that's the common ground, but it just so happens we both are Christians? I just, this is not, you know, this is not really part of what, but this is coming out tonight, obviously for a reason. And, and I'm, I'm being challenged. I know that. Because it reflects reality, um, personality and character. And that's what we're talking about. Men with character and how they're going to approach. Mm. 
Yeah. So it has to come. It has to. It has to come out. It has to be worked out like that. We know what we have to work with, what we have, and how else are we going to know? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's like you go to work. You know, there's there's work, right? And you go to work, and you know, one of the main things I always say it's it's uh, you know, we call you know, many I hear I've heard over the years, many people have called coworkers friends, and and that's okay. I don't you know I don't have a problem. I'm not knocking or anything like that. But my thing is, friendship is built over time. Friendship is 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 a relationship. So it's you know friendship is not overnight it's it's a period of year someone who's been there someone who's been through the hard time someone who's you know that you've you know it, it just grown with and to me friendship grows over years but many times we kind of just see it and we just all of a sudden oh well that's my friend but reality is is that really look at the common ground are you guys friends because you're friends and you're outside of work and this and that or are you friends because of the job and so therefore, if you have that common ground within your job and there's a friendship being built up, but the reality is you have to ask yourself, if I were to leave this job or this person were to leave this job, will we still have this friendship? And I'm not saying it's not a friendship, but you have to know the level of that friendship and you have to recognize and categorize it. Well, this is a friendship, but it's a friendship at work. It's a coworker friendship. You know, and but our real common ground, what I must know is, is, is my, is our job, you know, because what we talk about is about our job. And actually, if we didn't work together, what would we really talk about? You know, well, first we wouldn't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be, what would we really talk about? You know, but even in church, you know, we, we have, you know, friends, you know, you have friends in church, we have friends in church. We know people that are Christians, different things like that. But, you know, many times we always have to know about you know, many times we don't know about each other's personal lives, but the common ground is Jesus Christ. And that's okay because we recognize we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're, we're, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And, you know, we can have a peace with that because it doesn't necessarily always mean I have to know your personal life or you have, but what I can know is that we will pray for each other and encourage one another. And let each other know, hey, you're not alone in this. We're all going through this together, though you might not fully know what I'm going through, and I may not fully know, but I know we serve the same God. And when we go home in our different directions, your God is my God, and my God is your God, so therefore he's faithful to bring us through. <laughs> and we rejoice in the fact that the common ground we have is we come because we believe in Jesus. There's a reason why we come. Yes. Amen. And and what it really comes down to is, is that common ground, just being careful that, it doesn't lead you away from the Lord. It doesn't, it doesn't lead, you know, so much to a point where that common ground is more valuable to you than the Lord. When we don't find ourselves praying for somebody or telling somebody about the Lord or just encouraging somebody with, you know, the comfort that the Lord gives, you know, and this is where we really have to kind of see these relationships, find out where they're at. And you know what, and, and you know, because it's just, it's good for us to have that, truth and that reality and uh, and then from there you know we grow from it you know because then we know how to work with so and we see that these four young men they're they're, they're trying to get them for a call in their faithfulness he showed himself faithful in their faithfulness to him and no matter what, God is always faithful. The word of God says, even in our listlessness, God is still faithful. He remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Thank you, Lord, for that. But when we remain faithful, we get to see that faithfulness. 
And we get to see the provision of the Lord. And it all comes down that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah did not allow the circumstance to change them away and pull them away from the Lord. It to change them into what Nebuchadnezzar wanted. They did not allow themselves, that circumstance, to change them into what they asked for. So let's look at Proverbs 16, 7. I want us to look at something. We're going to look at a couple of things here. Proverbs 16, 7. Let these in to read that for us here. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Read that one more time. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. We see that in Daniel's life and in the, in the other three as well. And we're going to see that through the whole book of Daniel. We're going to see that these men who please the Lord, though they're going to go through some hard testing, but through it all, God is faithful. And it starts right here that we really get to see the provision because of the commitment. And again, one more time, let's read that one more time. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. And you please the Lord because of your faith in Jesus Christ. We please the Lord because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is a blessing. So just know that if the Lord is pleased, then just know that even your enemies will be at peace with you because the Lord fights for you. The battle belongs to the Lord. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? So no matter what you've been feeling is against you or who's against you, continue to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and know that he is big enough. And his word says that even your enemies will be at peace with you. And we see that. And, and even though the enemies may not have looked at peace, said, you know, never, you see Nebuchadnezzar's reaction. You see, um, what is it, the other king, I think Darius's reaction. And you see these reactions, even at that time, it didn't seem like it. But there came peace because God displayed his glory through their lives, as God does in our lives. So continue to stay with that. In Proverbs 21, 30 says this in the New Living Translation version. It says, no human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. So even though the king and the king, his kingdom had all these plans for these, these, um, these four, but still they could, there were nothing compared to the plans of God for the lives of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And there are no other plans of man that are greater, not even the devil's plans or his schemes that could come against the plans that God has for you and me, for Letty, for all of us. So have peace with that because we see that through the lives of these four young men. All these things, people and principalities cannot override what God has spoken. So when he says that he has a plan for us, it's a sure thing that's going to take place. Amen. And I'll read that again. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. Steps of a righteous man, and I'm going to say our woman, are ordained by the Lord. So your steps are ordained by the Lord because, again, you please him because you still believe in him today, and you're still trusting him, and he is your Lord. So just know that his plans for you are for good. So nothing can stand against them plans. Doesn't matter how great it may look. You keep trusting the Lord. We'll keep, let's keep trusting the Lord together. Amen? But be comforted also that we're not exempt from things that are going to happen, trials and troubles, and life is going to take place. And we're going to see that because they'll be still challenged greater. They'll be greaterly challenged for that faith as we continue to go through here. 
But because of that continued faithfulness, God shows himself faithful as he does in our lives today. So be encouraged with that this, this night. Amen. And remember, they didn't do it in their own strength. But as Ephesians 6.10, and I'll just, I'll just read that one. It says, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So see, me and you are not called to be strength, strengthened in ourselves, but we are to be strengthened in the Lord. Amen. So I want us to look real quick, but also um, we are not to be haughty, right? We're not to be um, puffed up. So let's look at James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, talking about laying low. <laughs> okay. James chapter 4, verse 110. And, you know, many times we got to lay low in the circumstance. And we may, we may see ourselves right now laying low in the circumstance. But again, we're not hiding out. We're not running in fear. No, we are. What's that word? Humbling. Okay, humbling ourselves. Can you hear me? <laughs> we are humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So when we look at this scripture in James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, look what he says. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says... He yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives, there it is, but he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Doesn't say he might, but he says he will flee from you. So submit to God. And it says, verse 8, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves, lay low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. See, Daniel and, and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah could have been complaining about, well, I want this. Well, how come I don't have that? I don't get to live the way, you know, and it could have just been quarreling over all these worldly things, you know. But what did they do? It, I mean, they might have complained. You know, the scripture is not clear on that. I mean, they're human beings. But reality is that they came to a place that they humbled themselves in the mighty hand, the plan of God. They believed the word of God. And even though it looked like maybe they were in a weaker place, they looked like they were being dominated. They looked like they were just conquered, but they were not. No matter how it looked, they were not overpowered or conquered by man because their authority was still God, the God of Israel. And what did they do instead of talking back, well, you're not going to do this? No, what they did is they laid low and they humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God. They submitted themselves. They drew near to God. And in that, God showed his glory through their lives as God is showing his glory through our lives today, through your life, because you continue to humble yourself. And though we may look at times like, man, we're defeated. And though we may look at times like, man, we're not doing anything 
anything, or though we may look like, man, you know what? We're just, we're, the, the enemy is winning. He is not winning because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. He is the victor. And in the word that we were given here many years ago, it is a fixed fight. <laughs> it is a fixed fight. God is greater than Conor McGregor. Amen. Because Conor McGregor got knocked out on Saturday. <laughs> No matter how many we're rooting for him, but God will not be knocked out. He will not be defeated. He won't. So as children of God, even though at times it may look like the story took a turn, though the movie, the music is all sad and all these different things. But in Christ, we have the victory. We stand in victory. You are victorious. So just because you lower yourself and you humble yourself doesn't mean you've given up. What you've done is you've given in to God and to trust him and say, Lord, I know that you have a plan. <laughs> you have a purpose. And this is just a way it may not look like it to the world. It may not even look like it to my brothers and sisters, but I am trusting you. I'm giving in. I'm laying low and I'm saying, Lord. Here, I'm going to look at you to your word, Lord God, because I know that nothing can stand against the plans of God. Be encouraged with that tonight. Let us be encouraged with that, that nothing can stand against the plans of God. And nothing would stand against the plans of God for these four youths. And nothing could stand against the plan of God when Jesus died on that cross for me and you. When he died for the world on that cross, God's plans were still fulfilled through his son, Jesus Christ. How much more our lives as we keep our faith in him? We can't escape them. We could run, but we can't hide. But we can't escape them. That's for sure. And as you trust the Lord, he will exalt you in due time. If we continue to stay willing to do so. He will continue. He will exalt me and you in due time. And he will show himself faithful as we will see time and time again through this book, as you have seen time and time again in your life. And I know we've seen it in our lives. Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. No one will. Victory belongs to Jesus. Amen. And I thank God. It's a fixed fight. <laughs> Amen. And this is all because of that right heart with the Lord. Because we now look at verse 17 here. And it says, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. To give is to bestow, to grant, to entrust. He gave them these things. Because it wasn't a matter of their age, it was a matter of their hearts. And so imagine they're in this situation, they're in this place, and instead of saying, no, I'm going to make them as dumb as a doornail, I just wanted to say that I've heard it said before, so that'd be kind of a cool place to put it there, you know. But God said, I'm going to make them as dumb as a doornail, and they're not going to learn anything. No. But he says, no, I'm going to, he gave them the learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. He gave them this because there was a plan and a purpose. He says, no, I'm going to give them that wisdom. I'm going to give them that skill. I'm going to give them what they need that they're trying to do. And they're thinking they're going to get their own results, but they're not going to get their own results. They're going to get my results. They just don't know it. They're actually a part of my plan for 
my name to be glorified through their lives and that they will know that I am the God of gods. And we'll see that come through. But again, this was given by God. And knowledge is learning of knowing theoretical or practical understanding of a subject, awareness or familiarity, familiarity gained by experience of a fact or a situation. Imagine these are young men, but yet they have this knowledge and this learning ability that God has given them that is even greater. That's the grace of God. And then the other skill or intelligence to have insight, to comprehend, and to have wisdom. And their literature is basically their writings, their writings, their studies, their different things that they have come across. So God is giving them this wisdom and this skill, this insight to be able to learn their literature, to be able to learn their culture, to be able to learn what makes them tick, where they're getting all their information from. And, and that had to do with their gods. That had to do with and their and whatever they did, maybe sacrifice or whatever it is, they they were studied that. They were seeing all this. So that's a very dangerous place because they could have easily been swayed like, oh, man, that sounds like, a, you know, look at Solomon, you know, with his wives and all that. He was taken after other gods, you know, but God gave them this ability. And since it was God given, they were not deceived through the deception of the teachings and the words they saw through the words. But yet they understood it because they knew that later, I mean, they didn't know, but God did, that they were going to need that later on because that was how they were going to be to let them know, no, but our God, my God is greater. Because through all these writings, they don't compare to my God. And the wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. Okay, the quality of being wise wise. So I want us to look at James chapter 3, verse 12 through 18, because this was not their, their own wisdom. And if that goes there, we're going to go to James chapter 3, verse 12 through 18. Hi, Sister Alice, see you there. 12 through 18, 12 through 18 yes. Does a fig tree produce, produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not that kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace, loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen. So that talks about the wisdom from above. And this is New Testament. And how many of us know today that we have the wisdom from above? We have that in Jesus Christ. He is that wisdom from above. And remember, these, these young men, you know, Daniel is you know, believed to be 17 years old in, around this time. But yet he was given this wisdom. They were given this wisdom. They were given this insight and understanding, this skill to be able to do so. 
And by the time they reached the time of to be presented to the king, Daniel would have been around 20 years old. Okay. But again, this was not wisdom of man. This was the wisdom of God. But this didn't come because they were such perfect men or anything like that. No, this became, was a part because their heart was right with God. And when your heart is right with the Lord and our heart is right with the Lord, you know what? It's his wisdom. It's his guidance. It's his direction because it's he wills. It's what he gives. And I read this footnote here. I thought it was really good. It says, though they learned about the call and performed it with excellence, they maintain their steadfast allegiance to God. Culture is not God's enemy. If it does not violate his commands, it can aid in accomplishing his purpose. Our responsibility, interpret culture through God's filter, not our own. Okay, I'm going to read that footnote one more time because this is very important. What we've been talking about here about them being adapt, you know, learning all these different things. They were learning about the culture of the land. So I'm going to read this again. Though they learned about the culture and performed it with excellence, they maintained their steadfast allegiance to God. Culture is not God's enemy. If it does not violate his commands, it can aid in accomplishing his purposes. Our responsibility, interpret culture through God's filter, not our own. See, so we can learn about the different cultures. We can even, you know, I mean, we can see all these things. And many times you'll see God, you know, you'll see the Lord in there. But we have to see it through God's eyes, not the ways of man, not how man wants to project who God is, not how man wants to say who God is. Like I shared before, you know, when I, you know, just rejected Jesus and I, I didn't even call God God. I started to call him just the creator. You know, what I did is I had allowed the, the view of man to, to allow that culture to, to help to, to cause me to change my way of how I saw God. And that wasn't a good thing, you know, but now it's like, now I can see through the culture. I can acknowledge these different cultures, which are, you know, I mean, every, everybody's got their culture, but now I'm seeing it through the eyes of God, through the word of God. And you get to see certain things. No, I don't know about this, you know, different things like that. Some things are, Kind of, you could kind of see where they got that and stuff like that, where, you know, our culture comes from and different things like that. And many times it leads people to the Lord. You know, many times cultures, because they're based, they may be based off of uh, biblical principles. They may be based upon different things that were, you know, part of the, you know, but maybe we just don't know anymore because now it just became more of a tradition and it's just what we do, but we really don't understand why. But, you know, there's a lot of different things that have to do with the Lord. You know, so it, it can actually aid in, in leading people to the Lord. But again, it's we're going to have to see it through God's eyes in order to be able to do so. But that's where we have to be careful that we don't allow those things to draw us away from God. Yes. Because that could easily happen. Well, it can happen in an instant because of information. When you're introduced mm -hmm. to something, it's like something big or a business or an idea. You're introduced to something. So now there's an option to get into it more, get involved, and then you invest yourself so much that you get incorporated. So yeah. just don't, you could be introduced to something, but don't incorporate yourself in it. You know, now you're, you're, uh, what is it? You're invited, but you no longer have to participate, I guess, is what you're saying. And somebody's, you know, uh, would say that. Um, and what we're reading is someone who was introduced and they were going to put into a new culture, but 
they didn't incorporate it into their life uh, because they already had principles. But yet they understood the culture that yeah. they were living among, you know, and so therefore they were able to see from a different viewpoint and they were able to recognize that and not fall into that. You know, like I said, I was there, you know, and, and I, you know, I believe you kind of, you were there with me, you know, mm -hmm. it was all about the creator um, and just really just walked away, you know, but again, I wasn't reading my word. I wasn't really praying anymore. I wasn't really, I wasn't living right. We weren't living right. And, and, uh, you know, what's the call? I'll, I'll put myself on blast. I'll leave that to you out of it. But, <laughs> you know, um, but reality it is, it's, and, and with that, it just kind of allowed little by little over years, you know, um, I would say over a period of 15, 17 years that, you know, just kind of came to that place of, of, no, maybe like, you know, 10 or 12 years or whatever, but just kind of came to that place where I just kind of fell into that, you know, and just one day that's rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and, and uh, you just, again, it was a common ground. It was something that just over time and, and the further I was away from the Lord, it just became easier. And, you know, and, and I look back, I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for not allowing me to stay there, you know, for drawing me back, for, for you know, for opening my eyes, you know, and bringing me back. I'm, I'm thankful for that. For giving me the understanding. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you were a man or a person, you were following your own life. Mm -hmm. So it's like it was all pseudo. It wasn't even for a person or a thing. It was just, what do we give our time to? What are we devoting? Or we become our own gods too. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just taking basically pieces from here, here, there, and then kind of making my own way. And and uh, it just, you know, it wasn't. I mean, it just wasn't real, you know. But again, that's trying to make my own way, I guess. And mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't work that way. You know, but as Christians today, you know, that's, we know the truth. So therefore, that's what we got to hold fast. We got to stay strong, you know, not put our faith into to man or to to idea, ideologies or different things like that. Because again, you got, we have to know who our God is and our allegiance, our, our, our faith has to continue to stay in him, recognizing God, you're a big God. And you know what? You have all the authority. So no matter how it looks or what it may seem, you're still in control so why am i gonna go this and that you know i, I love how uh, um one pastor put it you know while while back you know he says you know you how many times did you see jesus going out there and, and picketing um, um Pilate or anything like that you know no he, he kept teaching he kept living he kept doing and going about the father's business and upon his will you know and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that there's time and a place for it but at the same time let's not lose focus on but God, you're still God. You still have a plan and a purpose. And Lord, you're greater. So, you know, and nothing can stand against the plans of our God. <laughs> so let's continue to trust that, you know, and, and we look at that. But then we go on, look at Daniel. And it says, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. That word understanding is to discern, to understand or point out a difference, consider insight, understand with the mind only um, mentions, but only mentions Daniel was able to do so. So this is what God gave them. But look how now it kind of takes Daniel and it puts him aside as it doesn't mention the other three having this. It just mentions Daniel. But see, Daniel would be in more of a position at times to interpret these dreams, to be used for that. So God gave him what he needed for the position that he was in. OK, not saying he was any better or greater than Hananiah, Mishael, or Azariah. He wasn't. He, he was the same as them, 
but this is what God had given him because he was giving him what he needed for the position he was in. And that's what God does for me and you, because how many of us know there are gifts in the whole the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, and we're going to look at a couple of things here. Let's look at first Corinthians chapter 12, verse one through 11. But one of the things we always have to remember, they're not our gifts. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So let's look over here at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verse 1 through 11. We're going to go through a couple of scriptures here, okay? And it says here, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one is speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So giving the Holy Spirit all the glory and in basically saying this is all the Holy Spirit. Now it says now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. So there's a variety of gifts, but there's also a variety of service. But it's all the same Spirit. It's all for the working of the Lord. It's all for the glory of the Lord. And it's all given by the Lord. And it says, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So we may be in different places and God has gifted us in those areas, but it's because it's for the position that me and you are in and the place that we're in. And so this is where we don't look at anyone any greater. Well, man, look at the gift and the gift on that person's life. No, no. That's just what God, that's God's gift. That's God's anointing. That's God's Holy Spirit. And it's the same Holy Spirit that lives in me and you. It's the same Holy Spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the grave and that says he will raise us up as well. So it's breaking all this down and it says to each is given the manifestation of the spirit. But look at what for, for the common good. It's for the common good, okay? Not for anyone to boast, not for anyone to say, hey, look at my gifts. No, but it's for the common good. There is a reason. And we see that through Daniel's life, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah's life, that these, this gift, these gifts that were given, that God gave them, was for the benefit of those around them, for the common good. And we'll see that through the interpretation of the dreams. We'll see that as they refuse to bow down. We'll receive that in the lion's den. You know, we're going to see this in all these different things here. And it says, for to one is given to the spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. Uh, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, which is the sermon, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. So it's when he decides. Now, you know, I believe that God's still the healer. He does many great things. And many may believe, well, I don't really, I don't think that's for today. And you know what? That's their, you know, people's opinion. But I, God still heals. He is the healer. And you know, we may not see the healings that we, you know, that maybe from the Bible and different things like that at times. So we can kind of become discouraged. But remember, there are certain times in different places and there is places in our world today that, yes, there are limbs growing. There are people getting up. And, and you know what? But again, 
that's where God has chosen to display this, these miracles, these, this glory for that place, because there may be places that, you know what, they don't have the word of God. Maybe they're not understanding the word of God. This is how God is able to reach them. We are in a country that we know the word of God. We have the word of God. We have access to the word of God. And so, therefore, we're at a different place. And I'm not saying God will not do and is not able to do that here, but it's a little bit different how God approaches us in our relationship here in the United States. Because you'll hear in different countries and different parts of the world all these different moves of the Spirit and all these different things that God is doing. Well, that's there, and that's as God wills. But where we're at, well, how come he's not doing it here, this and that, and we're trying to make it happen? But maybe God's not trying to make that happen because say, no, you have my word. Take me at my word. You have access to my word. You can study my word. And, you know, you've seen my glory. You've seen all that I do. Now I want you to know me more. You know, but it's in that that now we start to have that where that faith grows. And it has to do with the relationship. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. There's another one in, in Romans as well, but we'll, you know, you can find that one that has to do with the ministry of helps, administration, different things like that. Those are also gifts as well. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through 14. And it says here, but grace was given, there's that word given again, to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, uh, shepherds as pastors, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, deceitful schemes, I'm sorry. Okay, so there is a purpose. But see, the gift of these of the fivefold ministry is not necessarily say, oh, well, thank you. I'm a pastor, you know, and look at me. No, that gift is given because it's for the church. My responsibility and my accountability as a pastor is to the church, to his church, to bring forth the word of God, to teach for the edification until we all come to the unity of the faith. And this is the responsibility of these gifts. And they will be, those gifts will run wherever they're needed. The evangelist, the apostle, the prophet, the, the, the prophet and the teacher. These are all for the purpose and the moment of time. But again, these are God's gift and it's a gift to the church. And it's as for the church is benefit. Okay, and it's not nothing that I can boast about or anyone in the fivefold ministry that has been given this gift. It's there's a duty and a responsibility because it's God's gift to the church. So we should never put anyone on a pedestal or anything like, no, we respect and we recognize the position just as, as the Bible teaches about marriage, respecting each other's position as a husband and as a wife. But again, it's for the purpose and the accountability to God. And so we there is no there is no reason to be boasting. So the gift that we're seeing that's given to Daniel in these four, it's not
and to say, hey, look at me. No, it's for the purpose of the sense that they're in, that they're going to be needed because you don't hear about healings and in, in this in the book of Daniel. No, you hear about revelation and prophecy and all these different things. You hear all these, but you just see men of faith standing and believing in who their God is and others being able to see that because these men choose not to bow down to their gods. And this is our challenge today is not to bow down to the gods of this world. Amen. Now let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 21. And we're getting ready to close up in a bit. It says, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Look at the greatest gift. It talks about the Holy Spirit. It talks about him, you know, just coming and filling his people. But at the end of that, it says that all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of us know that the greatest gift is salvation? And in that salvation comes the Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit, we now have the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit living now within us. But we don't glorify about the gifts. We glorify the God who those gifts belong to. We glorify the God who has all power and authority. And don't get it, don't, don't, don't get it wrong here. I believe that healing is for today, and I believe that we are seeing it, and I believe we will continue to see it. I believe we will see it even a lot more in these coming years in this country. We will see God continue to display his glory because there is a time and a purpose that needs to be. And you know what? And this is where God will show I am God. And he will display, and, he, and I believe he's already, he's always done, so he never stopped. But I believe that we will see that more and more, especially in our country. So, I'm, you know what, we're going to continue to believe God because we know he's able. But John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his only begotten son. Amen. So that is an amazing thing. And what was that? He was fulfilling his word and his promise of the prophecies of old. The Savior, the Messiah, the one that would come to save the children of Israel, but not only Israel, but all those that would put their, put their faith in him. You know, and not only that, but look at the other promise that he gives us, his word. And it says in John chapter 1, verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the very fulfillment of his word, and we have the promise of God. We have the blessings of God. We have the faithfulness of God, and it's in his word. That's why we study his word. That's why we read his word. That's why we look to his word. You know, and, and it's just such a blessing because Jesus is the very fulfillment of his word. But are we willing to go to his word?
See, many times we're saying, God, we're asking him, we're asking him for this, we're asking him for that. Who's to say, why are you keep asking God for that? He already gave it to you. You already have it. He didn't just give you a little bit of his spirit and say, here, I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you the arm of the Holy Spirit right now, okay? No, he gave you his whole Holy Spirit. You already have it. You have his peace, his salvation, his strength, his mercy, his grace, his provision, his gifts, his fruits. You have his word. We have these things. He gave them to us. Why? Because of the position we're in today, the world we live in, the lives we have, and the plan that he has for us. God already gave them. Stop asking for them. Your provisions, your needs, your desires, you can pray, but you have to believe and know you already have it. You already have it. But if you're not willing to come to the word of God and find out what me and you already have, that's our fault, not God's fault. Read the word of God. You come together through the Bible studies and through the word and we're studying together, not looking for the next prophet, not looking for the next this. No, God, what are you speaking to me, Lord God? I can take this time and come to you, Lord Jesus, and I can find out for myself what it is you've given me. So therefore, when we do come together, Lord, this is just confirmation what you've already been speaking to me, Lord. I don't need to know what's going to happen because, God, I already know you have tomorrow already in your hands. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. <laughs> yes, you have it already. But see, I love how uh, Vernon McGee put this. For a great many people today, it is easier to dream about the word than it is to study it. See, we're all looking for this, the Daniel gifts. We're looking for the Paul gifts. We're looking for the Peter gift. We're looking for the Joseph gift. It's not their gifts. It's God's gifts. It's the Holy Spirit's gifts. And he gives them as he wills. We don't, we're, not, we're not studying the book of Daniel to be like, the, like another Daniel. We're looking to be David and Letty. You're looking to be Alice, Nancy, Rosalind, Cynthia, Josie, Myra, Bobby. You're looking that he can, the glory of God can be displayed through your life. Because that's why God is using you. And nothing can stand against the plan of God for your life or our life. But are we willing to go to the word of God? I love how he put it and expand a little bit more in that. He says that his students, when he was in, you know, teaching Bible school, that many of them would tell him, well, you know what? I put my Bible under my pillow when I go to sleep at night. So therefore, you know, and then I pray. And then like that, when I wake up, I, you know, I'm trusting the Lord for these. Like, no, go into the word of God and study it. It's there. Why are you putting it on your pillow? Why are you, why are you believe? Oh, well, I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit, you could trust him, but it's right there. Go in and then allow the Holy Spirit now to teach you. But if you're not going to work with it, he's already given you, then what are you doing? And many times we do that with God. We're like, well, God, I want to see your glory. Are you going to his word so he can show you his glory? 
well, I want to listen to this song, but are you going to his word so you can understand what that song is about, who the God you're praising? Because what's the point of worshiping the Lord and singing all these great songs if you don't even know the God who you're worshiping and why you're singing that song? <laughs> it's not because it gives me new goosebumps or because, yeah, the drums got really loud and I got really excited. No, I don't want the drums to stimulate me. I want the word of God to stimulate me. And I want those words that when I'm singing them, that Lord God, you, you, my God is greater. My God is higher. My God is stronger than any other, than any other, you know, God, you are with me. And getting to that place that we could just be like, God, man, you're my God. To know who we worship. And this is why we have a responsibility to know God gave them all that they needed. And as we read on, we're going to demand, thank you, Lord, that he gave them that. Let me tell you something. God gave me and you as well. And so everything we've gone through and things that will still come and we still got to walk through. But God gave us all that we need because he gave us his son. We have his Holy Spirit. We have his word. We have his promises. We walk in the blessings of the Lord. And because of that, God is faithful. But we got to continue to know this for ourselves. And it's not saying that we don't know this, but we need to be reminded. We need to go back to the word of God and be like, man, just like tonight. Wow, God, I do have that. You know what? Thank you, Lord, for, for you know, all that I need. But again, we have this today because we are making a decision and we have resolved in our hearts that, oh, Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord. Continue to believe and trust in you. And it's not so much looking at what God gave, but who God gave. His son, Jesus. His Holy Spirit. And when you read on in there, we'll, we'll close up with this. At the end of the time, in verse 18, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about what the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there into the first year of King Cyrus. There was none in all the land like Myra. There was none like all the land like Bobby, like Rosalind, like Nancy, like... Um, What's it called? Uh, Alice, like Cynthia. There was none in all the land. Like all of you watching your name, put your name in there. But it wasn't because, you know, it wasn't because of who who we are. We didn't put our names in there, huh? Okay, like David and Letty. Okay. <laughs> or Letty David. For all the ones whom God loves. Yes. <laughs> But it's not, we cannot boast about anything. It's because we decided to lay low, trust our God through everything. And believing God, you gave me all that I need because you gave me the one who I need to come through all of this. And we can have peace with that because when you see here, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel was there for the duration of the 70 years. And he went through different kings and outlasted them all. Doesn't mention the other ones. Possible they could have went home to be with the Lord. We don't know. But it does mention Daniel. And Daniel was there through all of it. I put here, 
God's gifts were evident and blessing to those around them because they did not allow the circumstance to change them into what they wanted, but were willing to be seen in God's eyes. So let's close up with these two scriptures tonight in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Letty's going to read these. You can read along with us. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 will be the first one here. I pray that you're pondering this and we're all pondering this today and just encouraged to know that we have all that we need through this. Romans 8, 29. 29. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. See, God already knew us yes, he did. to be conformed to the image of his son. And that's what's going on in our hearts and our lives today. We are being conformed to the image of our God, of, the, of Jesus Christ. And let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. We're going to read it together. Okay. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And who, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that is us today, church as we continue to trust the Lord together, as we continue to believe in the Lord, as we continue to look to him and we can be encouraged and have peace tonight knowing, Lord, I have all that I need. We have all that I need because we have the one who we need and that is Jesus. So no matter where you're at today in your life, in your mind, in, in the circumstance, in your home, in your job, in relationship, in school, no matter what's going on, just know that God's got you. And he's given you all that you need to come through it. He's blessed you. He's gifted you. And you know what? You're the right person for that place. You're the right person for the position. <laughs> and in that position, what we do, we take the, the low road. We lay low. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And no matter what it looks like, we just have that peace of knowing, Lord, we are victorious in you. Amen. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is freedom in that. There is freedom in that because now we're free not to have to worry or to stress or to be anxious or oh, woe is me. What about this, God? How come this? How come that? You know, I'm not saying we won't. We don't do that. But it's just a reminder to get back here. Amen. So I thank the Lord for his word and his teaching for us tonight. Amen. Any thoughts or any last thing? Do you would like to share? Or? No. I think we covered it all as far as that God gave. Mm -hmm. God gave. And he... He's not taking it back. No. Yeah. no. Like it says, the gifts of God are irrevocable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even, you know, knowing in all those years, you know, um, to look back and, and to hear, you know, spoken over me and different things. And even in my heart, I kind of knew, you know, but just to look back and say, thank you, Lord, for those that gifts, those gifts not being irrevocable, they're irrevocable, you know. So thank you, Lord, for, for that, you know. So just know that even in our shortcomings and different things, 
the gifts of God are irrevocable, that salvation is still for, there for us, and the purpose for your life and the plan for your life is not changed. It's just us coming back to him and submitting ourselves to the Lord and saying, all right, Lord, here I am. Here I am again. Yeah, it's turning back. <laughs> it's turning back to him. Well, coming yeah. back. You know, and, and uh, we lost focus. Already, yeah. yeah, he did. He did. He did. And, you know, he's conforming us to be like the image, like Jesus. So that's a great thing. Amen. <laughs> well, praise God. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to close up in a word of prayer. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to put them here up on the chat board. Um, if, if not, just go ahead and uh, write where you're at. We'll pray together and believe the Lord and just knowing that he is faithful to bring us through and, and uh, he has everything here. So um, let us continue to trust the Lord. Amen. So, and let us continue to praise him and worship him. Amen. Let us continue to praise him. Don't, and remember uh, Isaiah chapter three this Friday. So we encourage you to read along with us, pray along with us. Amen. So yes, yeah, so we'll pray for uh, Sister Rosalind's brother, Don. Amen. We're going to lift him up in prayer right now as well. Amen. And I know there's many, um, um, Dr. Ruth had a prayer request for her dad and her brother and for the family. So we're going to be lifting them up in prayer right now as uh, they're battling through COVID right now and many others that are going through COVID and, and um, feel, still feeling the repercussions after, through it. And, uh, you know, and just uh, those who have lost people as well. So we're definitely going to pray for, we're going to pray for that right now. And that healing and that peace and that comfort. Amen. Being comforted through it all. That's our common ground. Amen. And we know the comforter, and we know that God is able to comfort those things. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this night, Father God, and we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. We look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord Jesus, and we just thank you, Father God, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your joy, for your peace, for your strength, Father for your salvation, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, for your word, my God, for your Holy Spirit, my God. And we just thank you, Lord, Father, for giving us all that we need, Lord, because you gave us who we need, Lord, and that is you, Jesus. And Father God, Lord, you did not leave us as orphans, but Lord, as you promised the disciples that you would pray to the Father to send the helper, the comforter, and Lord Jesus, you did so. And Father, you were faithful to do so, my God. So, Father, today we thank you for your Holy Spirit that keeps us, that strengthens us, that encourages us, that teaches us, Lord, that instructs us, Lord, that empowers us, Lord God. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, that strengthens us, Lord, when we are weak, Lord. So, Father, tonight, Lord, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Father God. As Lord Jesus, my God, times are hard, Lord, and times do look like, Father God, Lord, what else can go on? What else can be? But, Lord... We're not defeated because, Lord Jesus, we are victorious in you. So thank you for that freedom today. As your word says, for who the Son sets free is free indeed. And, Lord, your word says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So, Lord, we thank you for these truths tonight, Father. And in that, for freeing us, Father, from the bondage of stress and anxiety, of worriness, Father, of jealousy, Father God, of Father God, Lord Jesus, of just... Lord, of pride, of arrogance, Lord, of boastfulness, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the freedom, my God, of our own sin, of the temptation, of the deceptions, my God. Father, of the plans and the schemes of the devil. We thank you for the freedom, Lord Jesus, and the discernment, Lord, and the wisdom through your word of truth tonight, Father God, that is brought forth, my God, Lord Jesus, Lord, these truths to the light, 
And Lord has encouraged us and reminded us, Father, that Lord, as we trust you and humble ourselves under your mind, and as we submit ourselves to you, that your word says the devil will flee. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that he is fleeing because we have chosen to submit ourselves unto you. And in that, my God, we choose to draw near to you. And your word says you shall draw near to us. So thank you for drawing near to us tonight as we have drawn near to you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your peace and your comfort, Lord God. As Lord Jesus, we are victorious in you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we lift up Don. We thank you for the peace and the comfort in his heart and upon our sister's heart as she trusts you as he is in your hands. We thank you for the comfort, Lord, over Dr. Ruth's dad and the brother and the nurse and the family, Lord God, as we're trusting you together with them, Father, that you will bring and strengthen them through. And that, Father God, you will comfort our sister's heart, Lord, as she is heavy hearted, Lord Jesus, over her dad and her brother, Lord, in the situation that are going on in her family, Lord, through this time of COVID. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you are the and that you are the strength through it all, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And we just thank you, Father God, as we lift up Father Frank, Lord, in Jesus' name, as you prepare him to come home soon, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the preparation of his heart. Thank you for the provision. And thank you, Lord Jesus, as you help him to settle back in, Father, into everything he needs to settle in, Lord God. And we just bless him in Jesus' name, Father. Lord, in every prayer request, every petition, every supplication that was brought before you tonight, Lord, you know our hearts, Lord God. And we thank you that we have the freedom to believe you tonight, Lord, and to trust you, Lord, and that no matter what it looks like, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that, Father, you are victorious and that you are God of all, Lord, and that you are Lord of all, my God. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, as we have that peace tonight in you. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this church. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, for all of us being able to have a place, Father God, to serve you, Lord God. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, my God, we are trusting you, Lord God. Father, Lord, as we prepare as to come back together in-house, my God. And Father God, we just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord Jesus, to this house, through the, through the finances, through your giftings, through... Father God, through everything, Lord Jesus, just continuing to protect your house and Father God, Lord Jesus, and your people, Father God, and keeping us all together, Father God, even through these times, Lord, thank you, Father, that we are still together as the body of Christ, Lord, worshiping and praising you and, and seeking you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you and bless your people this day. We thank you that we are blessed in you, Lord Jesus, and Father, help us to live given us who you have given us, Lord, and in the blessings of you, my God. We thank you, Lord, as you stir up the giftings within your people, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that those gifts will be evident, Lord, in the lives of your people, just as the fruit of the Spirit is, my God, that Father, Lord Jesus, Lord, you will get the glory. We thank you, Father, Lord, that we are in the position we are. you have, you have ordained us to be in, but Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have all that we need for the position. And we love you and we praise you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Well, we love and appreciate you guys. We thank, we're thankful to the Lord for just being able to serve the Lord together with you. And, uh, you know, because we realize that God gave us all to each other. Amen. He brought us all together for a reason and a purpose. And 
you know, and all that's going that we serve together in this house. He gave us all that we need to do so and the people to do so. And that is all of us together doing so together. Amen. So we're thankful to the Lord for you guys. And we're, we're blessed and, and uh, you know, we're just just thankful. Amen. Yeah, very thankful. Very thankful that we all take part in this together here in the church in person and for allowing us to be part of your life in your home and going through the word and the study. It's, it's a privilege and an honor from the Lord. And Amen. Thank you for that. Thank yes. you for your time and for your love to the Lord. Amen. And that conviction of the heart to continue to trust him together. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, you guys have a good night. You guys stay safe. And, you know, we you know, enjoy that rain. You guys just be safe out there. I uh, pray that you're staying warm unless you love the cold. Then you know what? Amen. You can run outside for a little bit and get back in and get warmed up again. <laughs> amen. So, <laughs> amen. And uh, we just, we're just so blessed. And uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, good night, everyone. And we will see you soon. And thank you for the Nancy. And, uh, you know, and just uh, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Be safe. God bless you. Amen. And we will see you soon.